0: Episode 9 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of May 29th, 2017. Joining me this week, we are back at full strength with Keith, Phil, and joining us off the DL. Welcome back, Todd. Good to be back, guys. Actually, off the top, no major news. Well, actually, yeah, Mike Trout just got hurt tonight, so everybody who owns him will need to be finding some replacements. But guess what? We're doing some DL and player replacements In our first topic, Todd,
1: lead us off. The first name I have, that replaced Mike Trout, and he's currently only around 30% owned, is his teammate, actually, Cameron Mabin. And I know uh, Phil's a big fan of Cameron Maben, too. So what do you guys think of Maben as a fill-in for Mike Trout? I think Cameron mabin has been a guy
2: that, when he's been healthy, he's always shown really elite upside as far as stolen base potential. And, uh, you know, a little bit of power here and there, and some batting average help along the way as well. Um, this year, his on-base percentage has been off the charts, too. So he's a guy that I uh, actually just picked up in our league for four dollar bid yesterday so i'm really excited to see him leading off most games now that's something that uh he wasn't doing at the beginning of the year and he is now so keep an eye out for him
1: another potential name that i do like that replace mike trout or really any outfielders as uh, gregory polanco went down with an ankle injury adam frazier he's also 30 percent owned right now in espn and he's a guy who offers a little bit of pop does have two homers in the last week But he does steal bases, too, and has a 4.62 on base percentage in the last 15 days.
3: Yeah, Frazier is a guy that I'm definitely interested in. Um, He keeps showing up at the top of lists um, that I'm running as far as, uh, you know, on base percentage and some of the stat cast data as far as exit velocity. Um, For his age, you know, he's somebody that I'm I'm starting to buy in quite a bit. So there's an opportunity to pick him up. I think he's one of the flyers with the most upside that I've seen um, in the last, uh, you know, two weeks or so.
2: The only one thing about Adam Frazier that I would uh, caution you is 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 that he doesn't really have the power that he's shown. He kind of got lucky and had two games in a row where he had a home run. I don't think in the minor leagues he's had any year where he's had more than five. So um, he's definitely not someone that's going to just start cracking home runs in the, in the major leagues.
1: Another thing with Frazier is he's been mashing righties, but he's really been struggling against lefties. Yeah. Is there any other outfield guys that you guys have?
2: Well, one that jumps off the charts to me um, was kind of a darling coming into the season is Hernan Perez It's only owned and he's actually on the most drop list somehow. Um, he's only owned in 25% of leagues at Yahoo. Um, someone that, you know, he stole a lot of bases last year, has has shown some pretty solid power this year and last year. Um, kind of perplexing to me. He's not, you know, available in any of the leagues that I'm in currently. But if he was, I would definitely be uh, putting in a fab bid or a claim on him.
1: So uh, he's a guy that definitely I would keep an eye on. Now moving on to first baseman. Freddie Freeman went down about a week ago. But first base is so strong and so deep that you can maybe fill in at the utility spot around other injuries. Now, at still 50% owned, the red-hot Justin Moore and Justin Smoke. What do you think of those two guys?
3: Moore's a guy that I'm definitely interested in. Um, you know, I, I, I put some stuff out recently on, you know, the list that he's showing up on. His exit velocity, his hard contact rate, everything seems very legit with what he's doing, um, and, and I think he needs probably needs to be picked up in more leagues. Yeah, I
2: was
1: yeah. I was really surprised both are around 50% on ESPN.
2: Yeah, that's the thing is, um, sometimes I think the 50% number is, is where a lot of the major leagues that are active are pretty much around about and you know so at that point maybe a little bit lower than that but um i think justin Bohr and uh justin smoke both justins obviously uh, are guys that you're going to want to target if they are available left in your league because i know we've talked about how the first base landscape is is wide open but right now you got utility spots um different things like that going on plus injuries uh, both have you know unique power upside that can help you win leagues so i think that if you need somebody to fill in Right now or even just if you have someone struggling uh, i think that those would be guys that i would definitely be targeting and,
3: and you can always pick those guys up even if you have you know a, a few really good first basemen. you can always pick up boar pick up smoke um, kind of like we we told you to pick up alonzo about you know three or four weeks ago once they have a good nice little tear there for three or four weeks you can always package them with another guy and try and make an upgrade at the position or try and fill a hole at, at starting pitcher or something like that so you always want to be aggressive in picking these guys up um, in case they go on a, a good little run here
2: speaking of alonzo he's actually on the most drop list because he had a little wrist injury but he already came back and he had another home run and he's about 50 percent owned as well so um you know we got a couple of different options available for you. W-
1: names i have on a list at 35% on logan morrison and at 10% on freddie freeman's replacement on the braves matt adams
2: so i talked about matt adams on the friends with fantasy benefits podcast um and and as a cardinals fan i just pretty much said that i don't believe in him Uh, i've seen him do mediocre things for as many opportunities as he ever as he's ever gotten in the major leagues Uh, and then he promptly goes over to uh, the Braves and hits a couple of home runs in his first couple of games so uh, maybe uh, I I kind of have blinders on that I'm more critical on Cardinals players um, just so I don't seem like a homer sometimes I think I do that Um, so maybe he is a guy that I would take a flyer on and maybe a deeper league but I just don't really see the upside on him
3: yeah in a deeper league like we're talking I mean
2: 14-16 yeah 14
3: teams are bigger if you're talking about like you know an an NL only league or something like that I think he He's a right. good pickup, but there's so many other options. I would take guys like Bohr and Smoke over him, you know, by leaps and bounds, because I think they're going to get you know another 300, 400 at bats this year, and it could be you know really really quality at-bats to where I think uh Adams is is probably trade bait when Freeman comes back in 6 weeks and, and we'll see what he uh where he goes and what role he's going to take.
0: Now the name we haven't talked a lot about is Logan Morrison. It may surprise you he's in the top 10 in home runs right now. And he doesn't have the greatest batting average, but his on-base is 350, slugging almost 600 and an OPS of 900. So he's consistently hitting home runs and he's also got 35 RBI to go with it. So there are people on base for him in
1: Tampa Bay.
2: And in a, in a just a standard 5x5 five 12-team five, uh, league, he's uh, 12th on the play raider for first base, so something to keep an
1: eye on. Now moving on to our final position, the starting pitchers. Today, Danny Duffy went down 68 weeks with an oblique injury, and Danny Salazar just got moved to the bullpen. Now, four names that I have, just from ESPN, the highest uh, recent ads and that are throwing the ball well, you under four, was kind of my criteria, is 40% owned Matt Andrees, 25% on German Marquis 20, uh, 25% Mike Clevinger, who took Salazar's spot in rotation and a 10% Ty Black. What do you guys think? What are some starting pitching options that you guys like?
2: I'm always afraid of Rockies pitchers um, but Herman Marquez has, has done very well so far. Uh, I probably would pick him up and uh, not use him in any home starts obviously uh, but he's done pretty well there too. Uh, I think you know a couple of these options, Clevinger has done very well. Uh, he's struck out a lot of guys Guys, hasn't had very many walks uh, another guy that i was thinking about is uh hold on one second uh alex cobb as well i mean he's a guy yeah. that's only 47 percent owned um i think he has some upside he's shown in the past so yeah
1: sub year uh, sub three year in the last 30 days for alex cobb yeah 295 yeah. what are you thinking keith
3: I think Clevenger's a, a, a maybe an interesting pick. Um, I have a little bit of interest in him. Andriese had a lot of momentum coming into the season, so I'd probably lean towards one of those two guys. Um, maybe Clevenger with the with the most upside, but he also may have the, the shortest shelf life. You may pick him up, and three weeks later, you may drop him because he's got a you know five ERA. But um, I think on a flyer, I would go with Clevenger.
2: Yeah, another guy that's kind of a wild card is Joel Ross. He's only 34% owned right now, and he's shown you know a couple of nice stretches in the past. he Has been miserable this. Year year but the guy
1: I've been adding this week at 10% owned, Ty Black uh four straight starts of at least seven innings all quality starts uh the strikeouts have been kind of low but he's a guy who's going deep into ball games, throwing in San Francisco something I always like uh what do you guys think about him I think pitching in San Francisco is a
2: nice place to pitch but their team has just done you know not the greatest but recently they've come on a little bit stronger but I just don't think I can trust guys like that that just don't strike guys out um yeah he's in he's in kind of the 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 triggs carrot uh triggs, um I can't even think of what I'm trying to say. Um, cate- right. Category, I category, guess I'll say. Yeah. Um, but so you know, he, they're all kind of bunched together. The guys that don't strike anybody out, that have low ERAs, kind of thing. I, I just think that it's gonna it's gonna blow up in your face at some point. Yeah,
1: because he has a four five K per nine in his last four starts. So. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, at some there's there's gonna be a game where he's not gonna strike anybody out, and he's gonna you know maybe walk one or two guys more than he normally does, give up one or two more hits, and then that's gonna be six earned runs instead of two. Yeah.
0: Well, you may even have to go a little more unorthodox and go with guys that are going to be snaking wins or getting you strikeouts and whip and era in other forms rather than a starter it depends on how deep your league is and how thin the waiver wire is right now so be be creative in filling some of these spots until guys either figure it out and get back to the majors or take their spot back or we we just hope salazar can uh, come back around well, those injuries bring us to some questions in the mailbag. We we got hit with a few of these today because Mike Trout's injured, so we've actually got some trade offers that fans would like us to judge. So first up, offering Garrett Cole for Ian Desmond—is this a
2: fair deal? I think I would uh, prefer the Desmond side. I think
3: so too. I, I, not that Cole not a you know a top 25-ish pitcher. Uh, it's just that I don't that I trust some of the other top 15 guys, uh, and I think Desmond's off to a good start. I, I was high on him coming into the season i think the potential that he has in course field um i think he can return you a, a better value than what uh what cole can and if you're dealing with an injury like trout you're gonna need somebody to give you you know both uh production and in, and in steals and in home runs and i think uh, desmond can definitely do that on
2: the yeah. other on the other side of it i think it could be a fair deal either way though honestly because a lot of people out there need pitching and a lot of people out there you know are having you know hitter injuries things like that so i could see both i could see both sides of it but i would prefer the desmond side
1: i agree yeah, yeah I prefer Desmond, too. I mean, I think both teams, if it fits your team well, it's a good trade both ways.
0: All right. the other question was Johnny Cueto for Jay Bruce.
2: See, now that's where I'm a little lost, because I don't think that I would trade for Jay Bruce, and I don't think that I would trade away uh, a pitcher like Johnny Cueto for a hitter like Jay Bruce. I think I would search the waiver wire um, for something similar, like we were just talking about earlier. I mean, it might not necessarily be uh, outfield, but, you know, we had several hitters that are immense upside for power like Warren you know um justin smoke things like that so i think i would go elsewhere with uh, that trade offer
3: i agree but i think you probably could get a little more than bruce but I, I think bruce is actually kind of underperforming which sounds weird when you say he's underperforming and he has 12 home runs um but this is what i expect from him i expect him to hit you know 36 ish home runs this year cueto's had a hard time with i think blisters recently which is really messing with his velocity and i'm sure it's not helping his his grip on his pitches. So I don't think what we've seen out of Cueto is what we're going to see the rest of the season unless he continues to have those blister issues. Uh, so I actually expect both of them kind of to produce maybe a little bit better, maybe not as much Bruce, but I definitely think Cueto is better than what he's been pitching the past 30 days. Yeah,
1: I mean, Cueto, he's been just so up and down all season long, but I, I still like Cueto more than Jay Bruce on that trade. Uh, Jay Bruce is just, he can be a, a power only guy most of the season. I I liked upsetting Johnny Cueto still in that. And I would try to chop Cueto maybe in a couple of weeks if he improves and then get a better outfielder or whatever you need offensively.
2: I would even try to package an outfielder with uh, Cueto to get just a a better outfielder.
1: Exactly. And that's a good example. Earlier what we said is if you get these first basemen that are hitting the ball well even if you don't need a first baseman, you know, you could package them with Cueto in a situation like this.
0: All right, and that'll conclude the mailbag this week. On to our next topic. We are returning to the bullpen. We've got some breakdowns. Phil, lead the charge.
2: Okay, so I was trying to focus on guys that uh, or Well, obviously, bullpens that are volatile and things like that. So um, the first one I wanted to talk about, we already talked about previously on the last episode of the bullpen breakdown, um, is Detroit's bullpen. Now, since then, they have switched over to Justin Wilson. Um, he's owned in about 50% of leagues right now. What are you guys thinking about him?
3: I think he needs to be owned in about 75% of leagues. I agree. I think, Wil- I think Wilson yeah. is borderline top 10 in at the closer position. I think what he's done over the past 30 to 45 days, even before he was put into the close a role um, is borderline elite at the relief pitcher position, um, so I think he's a guy that I'm excited about getting. And 50% of league sounds a little bit low for me. Yeah,
1: thir- yeah. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Like a, yeah, 30 strikeouts in 19 innings. I mean, he has elite stuff. I I love Justin Wilson. If you can get a hold of him, especially if he's on the waiver still, I'd be all over Justin Wilson.
2: Now, now, one thing to keep in mind about Justin Wilson is is that he was a guy that I w- I w- I said I wanted to completely stay away from the bullpen because I didn't trust you know the fact that he was a lefty. I've since dug in a little bit deeper to the numbers he he looks a lot more legit than on on paper it kind of looked at first to me so he is a guy that instead of kind of staying away i've targeted aggressively in a couple of leagues and Um, and here's a
3: stat here's a stat that's a couple days old but um 11 relief pitchers with 15 or more strikeouts and two or less walks in the last 30 days so there's 11 guys in that list kenley jansen kimbrell holland osuna wilson that's the top five in that list and then it goes on archie bradley hatcher uh, Jake McGee, that's a good list to, to be at uh, at the top five in so um, he's put a, a good little stretch together and I think I trust him to continue it
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with that uh, Now, the next bullpen that I wanted to talk about we I'll be honest with you, most of these bullpens we've talked about just because of the, the ones that we haven't talked about are the ones that have stud closers like Boston. Obviously, you know, there's not going to be a shake-up unless Craig Kimball gets injured. So, um The Angels right now are the, the team that uh, has Bud Norris closing for them right now, currently he's nine out of 11 save opportunities uh era under three a whip around one and he's currently only owned in about 55 percent of leagues he's another guy that like keith i think should be about 75 percent of leagues i 100 uh, agree what what do what you yeah exactly what what's do you have anything else to say about bud norris
3: other than he's you know there's three guys you know he's one of the three that i think are just under owns justin wilson Bud Norris and Corey Knebel from the from the Brewers. All three of those guys, I think, are or should be owned in a lot more leagues than than what they are. They're both sitting around, or all three are sitting around the 50% mark, and I think they all need to be, you know, close to 75%. Yeah, yep. I, I 100% and, agree with
2: that.
1: And, and Norris yeah. is
3: a guy that we talked about probably three or four weeks ago um, when when Bedrosian was down, and we were talking about speculating who's going to be the guy. You know, we weren't smart enough to say that Norris was going to be the guy, but once he got the spot, you know, we kind of backed him up, and I think we we said to to definitely pick him up, and that he was going to. Hold down the position, so um, he, he's done that so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, I brought it up back then, and I'll bring it up again now. Is that you know the, the young guys, the managers and GMs don't like to give them the saves. They like to give it to old vets like this. That he's you know 32 years old and he's past arbitration. So whatever they, whatever his contract is, is whatever his contract is. They have a one-year deal for him. They're going to pump up his value and let someone yep. else sign him for a higher amount. I mean, that's not that's not their problem. So they they're not going to give it to Bedrosian, who is going to go to arbitration in two years. And then at that point, now he's going to be $8 million a year for
3: them. And they're still going to use Bedrosian in high-leverage situations. It's just not going to be with a label of closer. It's going to be in the sixth inning when they need him, the seventh inning or even the eighth inning, when they need him, it's not that they don't value him as probably you know the best or one of the best relievers in their bullpen. It's I think it's to your point. I think you know uh, Bud Norris has been more than just serviceable. He's been great, and uh, I don't think they're looking for anything more than what he's done. There's there's also a decent track record of failed starters, and I don't want to say that Bud Norris is a failed starter, but he wasn't an elite one um, that have gone on to had good car- careers as as relievers. Uh, I think it's possible that he
2: does that.
1: Right. Exactly. it's, yeah. and it's important to remember Rosen, Even in the first place, they were very hesitant to give him the closing jobs, so and now they. Yeah, but Norris seceding in that role. I don't think Ben Rosen gets it back.
2: Yep. I, I agree with that as well. Um, okay, so the next bullpen I wanted to talk about is, is not really in turmoil um, like some of the other ones have been in the past. It's it's the Twins, but I see future turmoil because he's not somebody, Brandon Kinsler is not somebody that's actually striking almost anybody out. Currently, his strikeout rate um, is 6.4 and his walk rate is 2.8. So, you know, his, his strikeout to walk rate is currently 2.29 that's not something that you really want as a closer but he has gotten the job done so um do you guys have anything to say about him i mean he's currently 75 percent owned but i think he should be more like 50 percent owned and those other guys should kind of catapult up to where he's at so
3: I, i i agree a lot i mean he's i own him in several leagues um and i'm pretty excited about the stretch that he's been on recently he's been you know, knocking out save after save as the twins, you know, rattle off a bunch of wins here. But it's it's smoke and mirrors with what he's doing. He's not as good as what the production he's been putting forth. And so I've actually thrown some trade offers out there um in the leagues that I'm in trying to sell him just so that I can buy low on some of these other guys that I think have more staying power or more upside from a K potential standpoint.
2: Yeah, to kind of put it into perspective, like his fit for his career is three point six eight and his ERA is three point two. Um currently his whip is kind of in line with that right now, three point eight. But his ERA is uh, half a run less, so it's 2.78. So something has to give, and I think it's going to be that ERA soon because his whip is up almost by 1.3 right now. So uh, just to kind of quick hit that one. Uh, the Athletics are another team that it just seems like they don't really even really know who they want to be their closer because they just keep bouncing different guys back in and out. Uh, I, I They have co-closers, apparently. It's kind of what they're doing right now. Uh, Santiago Castilla and uh, Ryan Madsen, 24% and. 11% owned, uh, respectively. The the guy that I would prefer to own out of those two is going to be Ryan Madsen. Uh, San Diego Castilla just hasn't looked right. Um, has kind of a higher array this year. So uh, anything you guys have to say about them?
3: Well, yes. I think. Do we know how far do little loss is off of uh, from being injured? Uh,
2: that I did not look up. To be honest with you.
3: So I, I know somebody picked him up in one of the leagues that we're in, uh, which leads me to believe he's he's getting close. Um, it's been the same mess that it's been all year. And all three of those guys, or four of those guys, including uh, Ryan Dole, are yep. going to get brought in and out of that eighth, ninth inning position. I don't think any of those any of those guys are going to get, you know, 15 saves the entire year. So if you're desperate for saves, I mean, pick up one of those guys. But there's got to be better options in your league. And if there's not, uh, you know, tweet at us and we'll come up with some some good solutions. But I'm trying to stay away. Yeah, he's yeah, supposed I to
0: be back sometime this month or uh, sometime this June. No, uh, No firm date yet.
2: I mean, the thing about it is is Madsen has done very well so far this year. He, he might be a guy that's going to surprise you because he has a, a K per 9 of 9.2, uh, a walk per 9 of 2.4, which is not bad when you add the strikeouts in. He's a little close to 4 for a strikeout to walk. Um, ERA and FIP are pretty close in line, 2.25 for the FIP, 2.37 for the ERA. Um, WHIP about 1.1. I just, I don't see what there is not to like about him. Or wait, I am not even... <laughs> not even on the not even on the right year. Um, that's that was his uh, 2011 guys. No no big deal. Um, but yeah, so totally so really his his ERA is 1.86 this year, and his FIP is 2.35. So I mean, it still his K rate this year is 8.8, 8. and strikeout to walk rate is even better than what I was saying, 4.75. So I just I don't know. I think I think if there was a guy that I wanted to own from that bullpen, it would be Ryan Matson because even Doolittle, he's he's had such a, a long injury history that I don't think he would be a guy that i'm going to want to invest in at all i mean if you can get him for free and he's just sitting there sure but i'm not going to even put a one dollar bid in at this point for him
1: and a big problem with that situation is days aren't winning a lot of games so you're not getting a lot of save opportunities out of that core all
2: right that's very true as well uh for the next team that we're going to talk about which is the phillies They have the same kind of situation. Um, Not to beat a dead horse, but uh, Hector Neris and uh, Joaquin Benoit, both of them, you know, Neris is about 30% owned and Benoit is less than 5% co-closers right now. Um, They don't really seem to win very many games, so obviously they're not going to get very many save opportunities, but of the two, um, I think Neris has been pitching a little bit better.
3: The the thing that I have with that bullpen is Neris is the best pitcher in the bullpen. Um, And if he's not going to get the job done, I have a hard time investing in who the next guy up
2: is. Right, um, I agree with that 100%. So, it, it, it's
3: it's not like you can speculate on okay, this guy's... Now, Nishak's actually been pretty good this year. Uh, 18 innings, he's got an ERA of, a below one and a whip at .87. His strikeout for nine is not really what you want to see from a reliever, uh, but he's not walking very many guys. Um, so he, he's a kind of speculation as far as if they continue to get uh, get lit up. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that he gets some, some spots there in the ninth inning.
2: Yeah, I could see any of these guys guys um, running with the role for you know maybe a couple of weeks and then giving it up to the next guy I just don't think it's going to be unless Neris finally decides that he's going to take command and just just own that role um, which it hasn't happened you know recently um, so I, I think that he would be the guy that I would want to own most but as you were saying I, d- I don't think I would want to own the next best guy in that in that bullpen if, if they do become
3: the closer and yeah, Neris is doing fine over the past 15 days he hasn't given up a run whip is 0.71 his caper nine is over over, over 10. He's doing fine recently. And yeah, for me, it's him.
2: All right. Another guy that has been absolutely dominating is the Rangers new closer. Well, he's been a closer for a little while. Uh Matt Bush. What are we
1: thinking about him so far this year? Uh, no, I'm a big Matt Bush fan. Uh, he threw the ball well last year in his first season. Majors pitcher and this year, I mean 21 strikeouts and 18 innings. So he's getting he's over a K per inning. And he's just done a great job in that role. Only one blown save this season. Zero A is 102. So I'm a big Matt bush fan yeah
3: another guy that's owned in roughly 50 percent of leagues yep. that i think needs to be owned in like 75 there i'm telling you there are more closers out there that, that shouldn't be owned and take take you know of the four that we've kind of talked about that are in the 50 percent range today bush is probably near the top i would go wilson bush uh Knable, and norris in that well, order
2: well not not to cut you off but i was gonna i was gonna throw a coat of glover in there as well just because he is a guy that i wanted to touch base on he's 42 percent owned right now
3: yeah, I would put them, for me, I'd put them at the bottom of that list because it's not because of his stuff, which I mean, I'm mean, i not a big fan of. It's mostly that I don't see him as a long-term solution.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt, Matt Bush's job is probably the most secure out of all of them.
2: Well, yeah, because it's been such a yeah. dumpster fire other than him so far this yeah. year. And, and I mean, the the thing about him is, is I don't know if a lot of people really know this story, but he was, he was like a cook at Denny's or something crazy like that. And there was a scout that came there and played catch with them in the parking lot and told him I'm going to get you signed and he came back every day for like a week until the guy until he finally signed and then uh, yeah. now he's now he's pitching in the major leagues and just killing it cuz he was out of baseball for 5 years that's yeah, all, that's, insa- that's insane to me I'll buy yeah. tickets
3: to that movie He was the number one overall exactly pick, right?
2: I mean that's that's awesome yeah. that's an awesome story and the fact that he's the closer now that just kind of completes the story for me so that's that's pretty amazing all right so uh that was kind of what I wanted to talk about about the bullpen breakdown so far this uh this week And we'll keep hitting this uh, as, as often as we can. We don't want to hit the same thing too often, but... We want you to uh, kind of keep an updated on these uh, different bullpens going
0: on. Excellent work. On to our third and final topic, Keith. We've got some brand new player profiles.
3: All right, so I've created a little stat sheet that combines several of the uh, the popular website stats, like Fangraphs, Baseball Savant. I mean, it's allowed me some pretty good insight into some of these players that have got off to hot stretches um, that are questionable ads. And so one of the ones that you guys asked me to, to jump in on is Michael Conforto. Um, he's leading the league in an interesting stat that I found. So he's leading the league in his approach at the plate and hitting more balls to center field than anybody else in baseball. What do you guys think that tells you um, as far as a breakdown of somebody's profile, that their approach is up the middle? What do you guys think about
0: that? He's
2: squaring it up, obviously. Well, exactly. I, mean, I mean, that's, that's you know, as as you're in Little League and things like that, that's exactly where you're taught to hit the ball. Um, that's where I prefer to hit the ball, either up the middle or to the right field. So and as a right-handed hitter. Um, so, I mean, if you can hit the ball up the middle every single time, they're probably going to start shifting. On you, but if you can do that, then you can adjust and hit it wherever you want. And he's
3: got a pretty good balanced profile altogether. So I think he's, you know, he's in the low 20s as far as his pull percentage. He's in the low 20s for his opposite percent percentage. But just the fact that somebody that's in the top five or 10 in home runs in baseball hits 50% of their, their their hits to center field to me that just kind of proves that his power is legit. The second thing that I found that was was pretty interesting. Um, was that he's top five in all of baseball in his hard contact rate. So when you combine that with his his, his above average exit velocity, like around 89, that's a pretty good combination that's going to gonna put some home runs you know, on the board. So he's a guy that, in looking into, I was pretty encouraged by. I think what he's doing is is pretty legit. Um, I guess the negatives towards his profile um, is his home run to fly ball rate that's probably not sustainable. Uh, it's over 30% right now, and the fact that he's got a 37% K rate against the lefties is probably not that great. But all things considered, I'm, I'm very excited about what can Conforto's been doing. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, Conforto's been a guy that I've, I've actually really liked for the last couple of years. He's never been given a chance by uh, good old TC over there and uh, the Mets. So I'm uh, really excited that he's given given an opportunity this year, and he's he's been able to shine completely. I mean, last year in 109 games, yeah, I mean, he had played 109 games, but he really only had 304 at-bats, so that's not really saying much. Um, but So last year he batted 220. Now, the year before that, in, in 56 games, he, he batted 270 with nine home runs so this is some kind of stretch that we've seen similar to in the past Um, he's kind of taking it to the next level and he's he's on pace to have a three four five year in the major leagues which is something that not a lot of hitters have which i've referenced in the past which is 300 on base or 300 batting average 400 on base percentage and at least a 500 slugging percentage Uh, those guys become you know elite bats and, and those are the first round picks perennially so keep an eye on him long term keeper dynasty league type things too
3: absolutely and the fact that he's doing it in his age twenty-four season is unbelievable. He's taking that much of an advanced approach where he's hitting the <laughs> ball up the middle. He's not afraid to take walks. I think he's like top uh 20 or 30 in in a walk percentage this year. So the fact that he's going to play, I think, is wanting me to run out of against lefties this year. I don't think the Mets are necessarily sitting him, but they're not, you know, excited to run him out there. He's kind of in the Jake Lamb territory where they're going to run him out there no matter what because he's probably their close to their best hitter and uh and you're just going to have to suffer through the low batting average and, and, and a lot of K's versus lefties until he can you know develop a little bit better approach but uh, his hard contact against lefties has been strong I think it's been you know above 50 percent which is insane but it's a small sample size of like 30 at-bats so um, he's a guy that I'm I'm definitely excited about Um, the next guy that I want to jump into is Kevin Pillar Um, he's having a a bit of a career year Um, he's pacing a career high in steals of about 27 he's made big improvements to his on-base percentage raising it almost 100 points Um, one of the things that I I found about him he doesn't need to have a a big exit velocity or something that's going to hit a a lot of home runs. He's hit, I think, seven or eight so far. But his exit velocity is is pretty bad, as far as what you'd expect to see from somebody that's going to hit twenty, twenty two, or twenty three home runs. It's 86.4. Um, his slug is around 470 or 480, and from the data that I've been able to pull, I don't expect a slug of 470 or 480 out of somebody that's only an 86 mile an hour exit velocity. I expect that to drop probably closer to about 400. What do you guys? Think?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't expect the power going forward, but I mean the on-base percentage. If that sticks, that's going to be something where he's going to get an extra opportunities to steal, which he's you know had 25 stolen bases in the past. If he gets a chance to eclipse that, maybe get to 30, 35. That's extremely valuable. And- today's landscape there's not many people out there that are stealing bases at that pace
3: yeah, and his uh just digging in a little bit deeper, his home run and fly ball rate is about twelve percent. That's it's probably a little inflated, but it's not crazy. Um he's got a decent launch angle, about thirteen percent. I think Jeremy would like that. Um so those yep. things are are in his favor. Um, but I just don't expect his slug to continue with this pace. So if he's hit seven home runs so far, you know, I would expect him to hit like eight to ten more. Give him like seventeen home runs, um, cap his steals at maybe thirty-five, like you're saying. That's a pretty valuable player hitting at the, the beginning of what I think is a pretty underrated lineup.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They they struggled. At the beginning of the year, but ever since uh, you know Batista started uh, hitting, that the entire team started hitting, and they just got Tulawitzki back and uh, the Donaldson back. So that's a that's a damn good team now.
1: And they dropped thirteen runs today, so the offense is heating up. Yeah, <laughs> is that good? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's pretty it's good. More than twelve. Hey, speaking of pretty
3: good, the last player that I want to talk about is Joey Gallo. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <Hello>. So,
3: <laughs> so we, we we've had some interesting debates on Gallo on on the show so far already, and, and definitely off the show. Uh, but he was a guy that I did my first breakdown on. Um, and the the unfair comparison that, uh, that Phil and Todd and Jeremy are going to give me a hard time about – is the fact that he lines up with Miguel Sano on a lot of his batted ball profile. What that means <laughs> <laughs> potential. What, what that means is he has a similar exit velocity um, that Sano that does. They're both in the top five as far as batted ball. Um, they're both in the top five as far as um, barrels per batted ball. Uh, so they both swing for the fences like crazy. They both have 37% strikeout rates.
0: Um, what do you guys think about Gallo? Well,
3: let, let's just
0: talk where do they differ. That's that's the key point here, Keith.
3: Well, and again, I'm not going to try and say Sano and Gallo are the same player. They're, they're not even close. You know, Sano I think probably is a, a top, man, top ten hitter. I think he's got top ten potential. Maybe he's not a top ten hitter right now, um, but he's got top ten potential. His, his biggest crutch is is his strikeout rate um, at 37. percent But what Sano is doing really really well is he's not allowing any soft contact. So Sano's soft contact rate is insane at four percent. I think Gallo's is probably closer to 20. So what that means in English is Snow is just not getting cheated at all. When he swings, he makes good contact on the stuff he does make contact on. He doesn't just pop it up. He doesn't just ground out to second base. He is mashing the ball close to an average exit velocity of 100 miles an hour. So Gallo is not doing that. Gallo is probably, you know, swinging and missing. He's also swinging and making soft contact at a much higher rate. But the difference that I pointed out in this profile that I posted for some of you guys is the Babbitt for Sano is close to 500. It's like 465 or something. And the Babbitt for, for Gallo is, is half that or more. It's like 220. So the comparison that I I, I displayed wasn't to say that Gallo is Sano is light. It's mostly to say that I think Gallo can actually make an improvement on his sub 200 batting average and finish the season around like 240, which means he could hit 260 the rest of the season. And if he's going to continue to hit home runs, out that can be a pretty valuable play should we
2: get a third board bet because <laughs> that that 240 sounds mighty fine
3: all right so you're asking
2: if if gallo's gonna end the season with a two I let, i let you talk the entire time and that was just the one thing that stuck out at the end um so 240 batting average at the end of the year for joey gallo
3: all right so i said i think he could have a 240 batting average <laughs>
2: So what's a realistic number for you, then? Like, what's what's an over-under that you want to go for? All
3: right, so he's a third 2, of the way 235? into the season. He's a third of the way into the season. He's batting, what, 197 or something? 90.
2: 198. And, he's, 19- got a couple, and 198. he's got a couple of hits tonight, so he's probably actually over 200 at this point. All right,
3: so he's got a hit... Uh, 260 in order to have like a 235 batting average.
2: Uh, over under 232. I'll take the over. Wow. 232. Ooh. End of season. I will take the under. So that one's going on the board.
0: Yeah, because yeah. he's gonna take a hit. He's not gonna get near the number
2: of at bats he's been getting because Beltray's back. Yeah, so that might that gonna... might actually be a good thing for him because he'll get more against lefties and things like might that. Might be. They're...
3: I think they're gonna. Now I don't have a whole lot of trust in the Rangers and what they're gonna do, but I. I would think they're going to find a place to put him in that lineup at D.H., um, they'll probably spell Beltray at third base. They're putting put him, in him at left, left field. field.
1: Currently,
3: yeah. yeah, so put him at left field. He's gonna get the majority of the bats at left field. But I think they're gonna find a spot there at DH. Um, at the at the production that he's putting forward. and he's he's top five in in the leagues that you guys are in right now. Unless there's a uh, a negative hit for strikeouts, he's top five. So do I think he's gonna be top five the entire season? No, but I think the power output is definitely real. And I think maybe the power output won't continue. Maybe he'll sacrifice some of that power for batting average. Um, but I don't expect him to hit 200 the rest of
2: the season. Two things on that, I do. Not expect him to ever sell uh, any kind of power out for some batting average that just doesn't sell into a gallo. Um, number two, you know, the one thing that we didn't mention is is that he does walk a lot, but what's funny is is that even with him walking a lot, cause his, his batting average and his on base percentage discrepancy is about hundred points, a little bit more than hundred actually, which is kind of what you want to see. But since his batting average is so low, his on base is only three hundred. <laughs> yeah, which, which, which
3: is which is not good. Which is not good.
2: <laughs> That's not great. No. No, it's not um, it's not good. But I mean he has been chipping in a couple stolen bases here and there too. So he's not like dead weight in, in anywhere except batting average average but man that batting average is such a drain so um and and for reference that keith is saying that uh 232 was the number 232 Um, yeah as 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 his final number uh this year is career batting average is 186
0: (laughs) all right so he'll have a career year (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> all right, now that, that's a great. me,
0: there's a chance. <laughs> that's a great way to end this week's show. Well, actually, we've got the predictions we made last week. So currently, I'm in the leaderboard with one win out of all of the topics, which doesn't hold up after this week. All right, last week, home runs. Phil, you ended up winning with Blackman um, with two. Blackman, and he actually hit three. Oh, we did. Yeah, nice. he hit three in the last seven days. Um, best of the week was four with Rizzo, Rendon, and Duvall. Still. Stolen bases, Keith said Billy Hamilton with three, and that actually tied for the best in the majors and easily won the show. Uh, Granted, Trey Turner had two. I predicted three, so it was close. (laughs) Uh, Hamilton tied with Buxton, Maben, Andrus, and VR. And onto the hits category, Phil changed his pick to Goldschmidt, and he and I tied Goldschmidt and Dickerson with eight hits, but Keith won out with Gene Segura with nine. Nine. Best of the oh, week man. was Harrison and Abreu. So at the end of this, Keith now leads three, Phil one, me one, Todd nothing yet. So who's gonna hit the most home runs this week, Todd? I am going to go with Chris Davis for Oakland. That's Chris with the K. How many do you think he'll hit? I'm gonna go four.
2: Four.
3: Keith? Um, I am going to go with. I'm gonna go with Jay Bruce.
2: Bruce. With just, with with three. All Right, three. Phil Arenado is gonna jack four home runs this week. Wow, four. All right.
0: Well, my. Uh previous pick that I was going to make tonight uh is now injured so I can't really pick him. Pencil him in anyways. Uh, no 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 no. Uh we're gonna go Nelson Cruz with three. No, let's say four just to be just there you to go. Be, uh, swing for the fence there, right? Alright, Stolen bases. Todd, who do you have? I'm gonna
1: go with Jared Dyson with four.
2: Wow. Alright. Phil? Uh let's go with Billy Hamilton. Thank you, Keith.
1: <laughs>
2: Alright, how many? Uh at least eight. Eight?
0: <laughs> <laughs> go big go big he's, or gonna, go home. He's,
2: he's gonna steal four in one game
0: all right keith what do you got
3: oh man so you're saying i can't pick hamilton uh, two weeks in a row is that what you're saying no. i'm gonna go with uh paul goldschmidt
0: all right how many is he gonna steal
3: i think he will steal four all
0: right oh boy i'm gonna go with suarez with reach Genius. not gonna be a great pick all right who
2: will lead the league in hits this week todd xander bogart's 13 all right Phil, who do you got? Let's go with my pick from last week before I changed it, and that's Jose Altuve. All right. Keith?
3: I'm going to go with Joey Votto.
0: Votto. Nice. And, oh, boy. Go with uh VR. All right, well, we'll check the leaderboard next week, and where can the people find you?
2: Oh, we just lost Todd. Well, I am Phil, and I am at the Baseball Jedi. Todd Todd is not with us at the moment.
3: Most of you guys know where to find me, at Fantasy underscore Keith. Keep sending in your questions for mailbag. Uh, If you guys want some player comps or player profiles, make sure to tweet me at uh, Fantasy underscore Keith. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, you can find Todd at GoldieHappens, and I have been Front Office Chair. Until next week, we've been the Fantasy Front Office an office